0: keys here this podcast is brought to you by audible.com go to www.audibletrial.com slash shark to get your 30-day free trial and audiobook download with over 150,000 titles to choose from for your android ipod kindle or mp 3 player whatever the hell those things are can you get audible for your record player or something what are those things
1: shark dropper studios presents to you doppel avenue hurt case two case two the red letter
2: part eight lying about george lucas
0: It was two in the afternoon, and I was sitting in the corner booth of the popular Jack's Cafe. Jack's Cafe had hundreds of photos of Matthew Fox's character from that show, Lost. That's right. This new cafe was a tribute to Jack Shepard. All the waiters and waitresses were either dressed as white attendants or smoke monsters.
3: Good. You're on time. Let's get to this.
0: I'd be lying if I said I wasn't attracted to this hard-nosed woman. I'd also be lying if I said I wasn't doing this whole thing to get closer to her. I'd also be lying if I said my name was Keith Partridge, and I'm a sporting goods store outside of Des Moines, Iowa. So screw it. I'm not gonna lie about anything. It's not like my work would suffer. This case was important. I wasn't denying that. So, where do we start?
3: How about the beginning?
0: Okay. Well, slipped out of my mom's vagina when I was a wet and slimy 8-pound baby boy. I
3: meant the beginning of the case.
0: Oh, right. Well, Miss Julian Good left a message with my secretary while I was... busy. I called her back and intrigued about her problems. We ended up meeting and now I'm living with her while I solve her case. Don't ask why. She told me her and her boyfriend, Brendan Camp, were engaged in 2012 and were to be wed in 2014, but tragedy struck. Camp died in a car accident. But then months later, she receives a message from Camp in his handwriting. She takes it to the cops, but they can't do anything about it. That's it? She thought it was a hoax.
3: Meaning what? Obviously, it has to be a fake letter. Her fiancé is dead.
0: I wondered that, too. When she said hoax, it made me think maybe she thought, at first, that it was an actual letter from her fiancé.
3: But that can't be.
0: Of course not. Like you said, he, he's dead.
3: Okay.
0: I haven't been able to talk to too many people I tried talking to the director of a current film, Busy Baxter But apparently I'm not a person to him anymore
3: You have some trouble acting? Yeah, but the guy didn't give me a
0: shot You don't understand I could have had class I could have been a star I could have been someone Instead of a private investigator Which is what I am, let's face it
3: Don't you like being a P.I.?
0: Yeah, actually I do Cases have been getting pretty interesting recently. But back to what I was talking about. I also tried contacting Julian's sister this morning, who she had a falling out with. But the sister's in France, painting pictures of Big Ben.
3: But Big Ben is in London.
0: She's an eccentric artist. Apparently she formed a new style of painting called Imaginative Abstract Distance Painting. Meaning what? Meaning for some reason she travels very far for her subject. She imagines what it looks like, and then she puts it to canvas as a total mash of colors and designs.
3: Wouldn't that just be considered an abstract painting?
0: I don't know. Throw mustard on a black wall and it's considered meaningful. Fuck art.
3: Did you get to read the letter? I did. Anything unusual?
0: I mean, it doesn't say anything like,
3: Ooh, I'm a ghost, and the afterlife is great!
0: How are you doing, Julianne? It's a basic love letter could be older than she's letting on. Hell, maybe the post office lost it and didn't deliver until recently. It's not an easy trace.
3: Okay. Hmm. Anything else?
0: I asked Julianne a little bit more this morning who she thinks might have sent it. She said she's made a lot of enemies in the film business. It could be a rival actress, an angry director, stupid gaffer. She doesn't know. She gave me a list of people she hates. I gave Jane the list. She gave me a list of people she hates, and she gave me a list of people who hate her. Jane held out her hand, waiting.
3: Where's that list?
0: Yeah, it's the same list.
3: There's over 40 names here.
0: 42 to be exact. Hmm.
3: I'm, I'm counting 43.
0: Oh, the last name, Edith Dietrich. I added that one. Edith is my secretary. She hates everyone they talk to. I'm sure if Julian met Edith, the feeling would be mutual. It's... You know what? Just don't worry about the name.
3: Okay.
0: Do you know any of the names on that list?
3: Many of them. A lot of these people are established in the film industry.
0: I gotta say, I'm pretty familiar with actors and directors and writers, but none of those names really stood out.
3: It's because this isn't mainstream Hollywood. These are silent films.
0: Silent films? Julian can't be a day over 50 Silent era hasn't been around since the mid-1930s
3: No, there was a resurgence in the 90s Straight-to-video silent films They were all the rage Really? Oh, yeah Julian Good was the leading lady when it came to mid-90s silent straight-to-video productions
0: How did I not hear about this?
3: <laughs> I don't know Were you born under a rock?
0: Actually, it was a large stone Thank you very much
3: I'm looking at this list. I have plenty of connections. I could get you interviews with a good amount of these people. Where do we start? Where everyone starts. At the bottom. Move our way up to the top of the list, struggle a little bit in the middle, fall back down a few notches, then continue our slow climb back to the top until we reach that first name and we find we are the kings of the world.
0: Or we could start from the first name and just go from
3: there. Sure, that works too, but before we get started, I want to know what you plan on doing for me. I'll get you a picture, and a story. I don't want this story, a dead fiancé. You could do better. I almost had a picture of Lion King sex until you ruined that.
0: We'll get you something, but not anything that will tarnish my reputation, or hers. I'm I'm not out to hurt anybody.
3: Fine. But the story better be worth it. You may find that you don't plan on hurting anybody, but everybody hurts sometimes. Are No, no time for sleep right now. We need to get to work. One more
0: thing, you scoffed last night when I mentioned her soon-to-be husband. You said she's been married several
3: times. Don't worry, the exes are being added to the list. We'll talk to them.
1: Hello, may I take your order? Oh, hi. You know, we've been waiting here for quite a while. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, We were being held captive by the others. Ooh. Ah. Mm, Really, but can I start you off with a drink? Maybe a soothing oceanic Flight 815, or perhaps an ice-cold polar bear? Oh, how about a warm waltz?
0: Oh, yeah, the fucking lost thing. Uh, can I just get one of your famous tropical island milkshakes?
3: Make that too.
0: Coming right up. You know, over the past year, I've noticed some very odd restaurant additions to the city.
3: Tell me about it. Some Italian restaurant run by teenagers tried to feed me bugs last month. And don't get me started on Terry's Diner. Cocksucker.
0: Fucking shit, right? Our first stop was to film Stage 5B. The first name on the list was Trinity Averro, an old friend of Julianne's and fellow actress. Jane said they had a falling out in 1999 after The Phantom Menace came out. Apparently, that was what The Falling Out was about. Julianne hated The Phantom Menace, saying it was chock full of lame CGI and lack story. Trinity, on the other hand, liked Phantom Menace, saying it was necessary to telling Darth Vader's turn to the dark side. She also liked Jar Jar Binks, which sent Julian off the deep end. She was so pissed that they ended their friendship, right there and then. After filming had wrapped, industry lingo, we approached Miss Averro. She agreed to talk to us. We followed her back to her dressing room, which was filled with salad dressing, which was weird because it didn't make sense.
2: I know what you're thinking. Why all the salad dressing? Well, it's simple. It's a dressing room. So, that's it.
3: Ah, okay, I get it. We won't take much of your time.
2: Please don't. I'm holding a Star Wars marathon in my house and we're gonna watch Attack of the Clones tonight. My second favorite of the Star Wars movies.
0: Actually, that has something to do with why we're here. We wanted to know about the falling out between you and Miss Julian Good.
2: Oh, that idiot? That horrible, horrible idiot? Hating on a perfectly good movie? I can't believe the things she said. You know, I told George Lucas about what she said. Did you? No. I just lied about that. Sorry.
0: Oh. Well, wait. Why did you lie?
2: I just wanted you to think that I was special. Like the special editions of the Star Wars movies, which are arguably better than the original cuts. I've never met George Lucas, but if I did, I'd suck his dick.
0: Yeah, I probably would too, but look, can we just get back to the falling out?
2: I guess, but I'm not lying.
0: Lying about what?
2: Lying about George Lucas.
0: But I thought you said you did lie about him.
2: Not about meeting him. I did lie about that. I meant I'm not lying about the fact that if I did meet him, even if it was in public, I would suck his dick. What? I just don't want you to think that I wouldn't suck his dick.
0: Whatever, suck his dick or don't suck his dick. Can we just get back to Julian Good?
2: But of course. Sorry.
0: So you and Julian called it quits?
2: She was being a constant bitch around that time, anyway. I think it was because she was jealous.
0: Jealous of what?
2: Jealous of me getting more parts than her. We were both big during the 90's silent era. Then silent, straight-to-video releases made way for regular talkies. She couldn't handle the pressures of change.
0: But talkies were already around. Like, for decades.
2: I adapted quickly landing roles in such films as He's Taller Than Me, Eyes on a Pampered Poodle, and Everything She Does is Black Magic. The best Julianne could land is a small walk-on role in Tyler Perry's Medea Yells-A-Lot.
3: Oh, I saw that one. My favorite part is when Medea finds that little boy reaching into the cookie jar, and she's all like, Ooh, child, you best get out, and she smacks him in the back of the head with her purse. That did make me chuckle. What
2: about that one part where Medea catches her husband looking at Victoria's secret catalog, and she's like, ooh, oh no, you didn't. Then you best not be looking at other women. And then she smacked
3: him in the back of the head
2: with her purse.
3: Actually, my favorite part was when Medea saw her nephew spying on the next door neighbor, and she's all like, ooh, what you be looking at, pervert, And and... she
0: smacks him with her purse.
3: Oh, did you see that movie?
0: No. Can we move on? We talked to Trinity a few more minutes before taking off. She actually warmed up to us and ordered an intern to bring us some salads.
2: Choose any salad dressing you like.
0: I picked the light raspberry vinaigrette. I felt like it would complement my tropical milkshake I still had with me. Dressing room. <laughs> I get it. We ate and drank and talked about the mid-90s film industry. So, who's next?
3: I saw David Atlas here. We should talk to him. He's probably the biggest star to come out of the 90s silent era. Oh, one thing. He doesn't break character when he's shooting, so just keep that in mind. Okay.
0: We were able to convince Mr. Atlas to spend some time talking to us. We sat by some work lights and I pulled out my notepad. Are you ready? Yes, Mr. Atlas, is it? Who is this Mr. Atlas that you speak of?
3: I told you, Jim. He's in character at all times. Okay, then who's he playing? I think they're shooting a biopic about Daniel Day-Lewis and the scene they are filming is, uh... During his time shooting, there will be blood. It would explain his garb. Okay, so I'm talking to Daniel Day-Lewis, then?
0: Christ. Mr. Day-Lewis, can I ask you a few questions?
3: I think you can just say Mr. Lewis.
0: But Day-Lewis
3: has a hyphen. Oh, yeah, you're right. Continue.
0: Mr. Day-Lewis, I wanted to ask you about your old co-star, Miss Julianne Good. Who? I've never met a Miss Good. Is she the one who slithered out of a mother's filth? Oh, Uh, I don't know. Do you know, Jane?
3: No, I... Maybe she slithered. I can't recall.
0: I shan't be rude, but I have more important matters to attend to. If this whole ordeal isn't fact about an old bastard. Actually, I think she was born in Wedlock. Wait, is this Daniel D. Lewis I'm talking to? Another name that leaves your mouth and does not wake a memory in my old mind.
3: I think this is Daniel Plainview.
0: The character... The character from There Will Be Blood? Yeah. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Are they shooting the documentary right now?
3: I don't believe so. I think they're on a break.
0: (laughs) So David Alice is portraying Daniel Day-Lewis during the filming of There Will Be Blood. If it's a biopic, shouldn't we be talking to Daniel Day-Lewis and not the character he's playing? I'm confused. Are we done? Wait. This is all pointless. Plain views from the goddamn 1890s. He's not going to know who Julian Good is.
3: What other movies was Day Lewis in that would make him more cooperative?
0: Hmm, none. That's not going to work. What am I supposed to do? Interview him during Gaines in New York? Lincoln? My left foot? I mean, let's just go. Thanks for nothing, buddy. Hey, hey! I drink your milkshake! You son of a bitch I realized I'd left my milkshake behind And now this crazy David Atlas had it And he was dancing around That's mine I drink it up Give me my goddamn milkshake You oil loving whore Stop I
4: am the third revelation
3: Eli I abandoned my child Watch out He's picking up a bowling pin
0: I remember the end of There Will Be Blood Spoiler alert So, I ran away fast. After avoiding getting my head caved in, we made our way to a different lot where we interviewed other famous actors along with some of the crew that was known to work with Julianne. Every interview left me with nothing. Although I did get some insight into Julianne's movie-making past... After the studios, Jane and I headed to Josh Elbert's office. Josh Elbert was a film critic, the harshest film critic around. And at least that's what Donnie Lombardo said when he explained to me how it was nothing to the famous director BC Baxter. We reached Josh Elbert's office at around seven thirty. He was still there. We were lucky. Oh, do come in.
4: Have a seat. As you may know, I'm not only one of the best film critics around, I'm also very, very smart. Didn't know that. But I guess that's good to know. Oh, it's very good to know.
0: We're going to ask you about Julian Good.
4: Ha! Julian Good. More like Julian Bad, if you know what I mean. Ha 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 Julian Good. <laughs> Good one. Is that what your reviews are like? Yep. So, what do you want to know about that has-been? Anything. Anything you can tell us. Well, she once had it all. She was at the top of the world when it came to '90s straight-to-video silent pictures.
0: Man, I still can't believe that's a
3: thing. Oh, it was huge! You were under a stone, Remember?
0: Jane smirked and bit her lip. And I love when to girl out a sense of humor. That's why I fucked that clown in high school.
4: It's just too bad the talkies made their way into our video stores and streaming services at all. <laughs> Is it? Is it too bad? Oh, it's absolutely what ruined Miss Julian good. She just couldn't adapt. Then all the deaths? Her life spiraled out of control. What deaths? Oh, her fiancés? Her husbands? How many of her fiancés are dead? Well, I don't know the exact count, but there were many. She consistently left dead men in her wake. (laughs) I see what you did there. Wake. Crazy. Actually, I didn't mean it that way. I meant wake as in water, (laughs) not as a funeral. Yeah, but it's clever
0: the way you put it. You mind if I use that?
3: When are you gonna use that expression?
0: You'd be surprised how many times I mentioned funerals and beaches in the same sentence.
4: Anyway, the early 2000s saw Miss Julianne Good bouncing around from one meaningless performance to the next.
0: I started to feel sorry for Julianne. She believed herself to be the mitotranosaurus when it came to the film business, when in actuality she was just a measly centrosaurus. Which is just a smaller dinosaur. that comparison works. It makes sense. The paleontologist listening to this podcast would just fucking get it. Seriously, he would get it. We talked to Albert for another half an hour before we left.
3: Did any of the interviews help? Help to
0: pose more questions.
3: I still believe it could be a fan.
0: Maybe so. It's late now, so I'd like to talk to some more people tomorrow. Let's find out if any Julian's exes are still alive. Sounds good. Before we call tonight, maybe we should grab a drink?
3: Another milkshake, perhaps?
0: I can go for another. Jane and I ate at Jack's Cafe. We had a good time, and actually talked about other stuff. No Julianne, no film. No tabloids. At ten thirty, I took a cab back to Julianne's. I walked into the large mansion. The door was unlocked. Inside, the place was dark. Sheldrake and Julianne must already be in bed. I tiptoed to my room. I entered the room and was startled. Julianne was sitting in the dark, at the edge of my bed, in her nightgown.
3: Where were you?
0: What? darling out interviewing possible suspects
1: did you find out who sent that letter
0: it's not that easy
1: you were gone the whole day
0: (sighs) how else do you expect me to solve this i can't just stay here all day
4: it'd be nice if you checked in with me
0: darling i don't know what to say
1: I I just... I was worried, that's all. Worried? Tomorrow night I'm
3: hosting a dinner party with some friends. I would like it if you could be here. It'd be at 7 sharp. Please be done
1: with your work by then.
0: Okay. Julian got up and walked over to me. Kiss my cheeks. My butt cheeks. This makes me really uncomfortable.
1: Sorry for all the smooches, darling. I'm just so excited.
0: She headed to the door, but stopped. She turned and looked back at me. Her silhouette giving her a menacing appearance in the doorway.
1: Oh, and I would like it if you didn't invite that... reporter friend of yours we don't need another woman taking you away from me and my case
0: was she jealous of jane why would she be i sat at the edge of the bed pondering the hell's going on i drank the rest of my milkshake that's when i realized that this case was a lot like the show lost both were posing more questions than actually answering any of them. Let's just hope this case ended better. Screw that directory
1: bullshit. Doppel Avenue Hurt. Written by Robert M. Lamb. Edited by Jonathan Moss. Starring voices by Kyle Appleyard as James Keyes. Amy LeRae. As Edith Dietrich, Jose Caraballo as Paul Went, Jonathan Moss as Arthur Phelps, and Sheldrick Von Wallen, Dan Johnson as Vendel, Comedian Lang Parker as Jane, and Julia W. D. Harrison as Julianne Good. Additional voices by John Lazaveth, Brian Messick, Brett Wilkins. Jennifer Loudermilk, Seth York, Hope Enos, Chris Gore, Nicholas Engelhart, Shannon McCarthy, Ricky Laner, Shannon Lee, Chris Davis, and Amber Simpson. If you enjoyed this show, please take 90 seconds and rate us on iTunes. Also, go to www.sharkdropper.com for additional fictional podcasts, such as this one. We're above the target. T-minus five seconds to shark drop. Five, four, three, two, one. Drop the shark. Go, go, go. This podcast is a Sharp Dropper Studios production.